Welcome to Pose Radio, the podcast that is dedicated to sharing insights, wisdom and actionable advice to help inspire female entrepreneurs. I'm your host, Chloe, and I'm on a journey of growth as a female entrepreneur myself. I am dedicated to contributing and sharing all that I learn along the way to this incredible female entrepreneurship community. Each week, I will be chatting to a range of inspirational female entrepreneurs and asking them to share their stories so that you can apply the wisdom and insights from their experience directly to your own business and make your entrepreneurial dreams a reality. In the words of Serena Williams, every woman's success should be an inspiration to another. We're strongest when we cheer each other on. This is the philosophy of Pose Radio. So join this community today for your weekly dose of female entrepreneurship, inspiration, motivation and empowerment. Thanks for listening today. We're so glad to have you here. Hey guys, I just really quickly wanted to jump in before you get into today's episode. Um, I'm so excited for you to hear it. I think you're going to love it. And there's so many incredible takeaways. Um, And I think you're going to learn so much from Saskia, who is just done so well um with canopy plants her business so so excited for you to get into that but i just wanted to let you know that there was actually a few technical difficulties while recording this episode and you may hear towards the end that the the audio is actually overlapping slightly so when i'm asking saskia questions she's already answering them before i've actually finished answering um just had a few problems trying to edit that out um because it's corrupted the audio unfortunately but um I've done the best I can with it. So hopefully, you know, you'll still get a ton out of the episode. But I just wanted to put that in here just in case you do hear that come up. Um, So just wanted to caveat that. But I can't wait to hear what you thought of the episode and I'll let you get into it. Today, I'm beyond excited to welcome the super inspiring Saskia to the show. This incredible female entrepreneur founded Canopy Plants and today we are going to deep dive into Saskia's entrepreneurial experience and she is going to share with us how her background has helped to define the businesswoman she is today. For anyone wanting to launch their own brand, Saskia's story will help inspire you to chase your dreams and follow your passions. Welcome to the show Saskia, I'm so pleased to have you here today. Hi, thanks so much for having me, it's exciting to be talking. Yeah, I've been looking forward to this all week, to be fair. So I thought just to kick off the interview, it would be amazing if you could just give us a little bit of background into how Canopy Plant, Plants oh, sorry, Plants was founded and what experiences got you to where you are today. OK, so it's kind of a long story. Um, I guess it's quite entwined with me. So I started working in documentaries and did that for maybe seven years, but ultimately wasn't fully fulfilled. I worked as a kind of um, producer and then moved over to editing, which I thought would be more me, but ultimately just felt quite, um, I didn't feel very vital and I didn't feel very fulfilled. So in September, 2018, me and my partner, James, um, took six months off. I didn't take on any work and he took a sabbatical and we went from, Russia to India via China, Mongolia and Japan and neither of us had really traveled before and this was like a kind of great opportunity to get out of that kind of London mindset of like working nine to five, everything's about your job and really sort of opened my eyes to 
how other people live without sounding too much like I went traveling and found myself. It's kind of like just showed you that there's different ways to live. So we came back from that and then um, I knew I didn't want to work for anyone else anymore and I wanted to start my own business and then researched a few ideas, one of which was canopy plants. And then that kind of, I decided to just follow that and off I went. That's it really. Wow, that is so incredible. I love as well that you managed to find that clarity while traveling. Because um, I think, what was it that made you want to go traveling in the first place at that time of your life? I think um, because I hadn't, you know, done like a gap year or anything when I was 18 and I'd worked really consistently since I'd I got a job straight from uni I'd gone straight from school to university and yeah I just felt like it was something I really wanted to do James wanted to do it as well we both had like a bit of money so we could go to a lot of places that we wanted to go to and kind of not just go on a kind of beachy Thailand thing we wanted to like go and see how people lived in like different places so yeah I guess Oh, that sounds amazing. I've already got travel envy just from <laughs> yeah, hearing that. Like, like it's long, literally given me so much envy. Even though it's only a couple of years, <laughs> it feels like a really long time. I feel like the whole world feels like it's been going in slow-mo the last couple yeah. of years anyway with everything that's been going on. But um, what was it? Had you thought of starting your own business before? Is this something that had just come to you kind of following your trip and your um, travels? Well, I've been thinking about this because I get asked this a lot. Like, why did you start a business? Growing up, everyone I knew was self-employed and I didn't really think about it. You know, I always used to get annoyed that I didn't like know anyone that was a doctor. So I could understand how you'd have that sort of job. Like, all my aunties and uncles are self-employed. My mum and dad are self-employed. So I think I've just always been around it that running your own business was a possibility. My brother runs his own business. So yeah, I think it just kind of must have seeped in. It wasn't really a conscious thing. That's so amazing that you grew up with so many influences um, within the self-employed market, just because often it can be the other way around where people haven't had many sort of like mentors or people to look to within the self-employed area and it's nice that you had that yeah. really um did you learn any lessons through them kind of growing up and seeing them running their own businesses I guess because it was so commonplace I didn't like uh question it I didn't think um I didn't see it as oh they're self-employed I just think it must have kind of clicked in my head that that was a way to be a lot freer to yeah mm. to ha be a bit more autonomous yeah, I love that. Were you nervous when you first, when this kind of like idea had been planted and you thought, right, I'm just going to do it? Was Were you quite nervous to get started with um, it? I wasn't nervous to explore the idea, but I was, once I decided on it, it was happening. I bought loads of plants. I'd, you know, asked people to help me do certain things. Then the kind of reality sunk in and it was more nerve wracking. I was really nervous to tell people that I was doing it because it's kind of, People can find it a bit threatening, I think, when you say you're not going to conform anymore to like having a nine to five job. You're going to like try and do something a bit abnormal and work for yourself. I think it can be quite challenging, but that was just my own insecurity. And I think everyone was so supportive, which was really lovely. Mm. it's funny you mention that because I think that is definitely something that comes up for a lot of entrepreneurs especially at the beginning of their journey overcoming those sort of limiting beliefs of what you think or how you think people are going to perceive you now that you're saying this exactly, is your reality yeah. exactly 
it's so true it's definitely a challenge how did you overcome that in the end like how did you kind of manage to break through that barrier uh, I'm not sure that I actually have I still think oh god um you know should I even be doing this no I have I just just getting on with it and just knowing that the only thing stopping me was me like I know that I'm not as important or in other people's lives as I am in my own life. So no one's going to be thinking about me as much as I'm thinking about them thinking about me, if you get what I mean. I think just oh, ignoring 100%. that internal doubting voice and just say, just keeping going and just doing it. Mm, I love this as well, because it's definitely a common theme that seems to come up a lot in the podcast of people saying, almost like feel the fear, but do it anyway. Yeah. And just taking the action is what will then give you the results that will almost like let you then banish your old limiting beliefs. But it's almost like you have to take that action even when you don't fully believe it yourself, which can sometimes be the challenging part, I think, for most of us. Um, I'd love to know as well, what, what sort of drew you into plants? Like how come you went down the avenue of building a business of plants? Because I absolutely love that. I think it's so such a cool niche to yeah. work in. Since I'd lived in the city, I'd kind of always crave nature, wanted to go back to the farm more and I kind of filled my flat with plants and realised that not everyone had the luxury of going to the farm. So I wanted a way to help other people connect with nature. And to be honest, I knew there were other brands doing similar things, but I just thought I could come at it from my own niche and my own angle. Um, I love that, though. I think that's so great. It obviously was something that had been quite prevalent in your life growing up and then you kind of like lost connection with it and got to reconnect with it for your business um that's amazing when you were first getting started out what were kind of those first steps that you took to get the idea from obviously kind of research stage to actually making it into a tangible business um I just researched to the point where the only thing I had to do was like but you know I'd researched everything so thoroughly designed all my own boxes just like thought about how so much stuff would work would work put together like all of the logistics side built my website I just think the only things I had to do I actually built my website offline in terms of all the copy and the structure and then built it online once I was ready um I just think I got it to a point where all I had to do was almost tip over the edge into it being a business. Like everything was so thoroughly planned that, yeah, I just researched till it was okay. It didn't feel like a big step to make it real because I'd just been in it for so mm. long. Yeah. How long did you spend researching everything? A good few months, maybe three or four months, like a, like a full-time that job style. That's amazing as well that you have the discipline to do that because I think oftentimes entrepreneurs can sometimes skip over the research stage um, and kind of want to hurry along. But I think your testament to the fact that it's so important and I think when done well, it then can just put your business in such a stronger position, especially for your launch. Um, how was it? How was the launch experience for you? Uh, enlightening in a way because I had built my website, I got my business online and just was like right so it's ready people are just going to buy stuff aren't they um and kind of hadn't really thought like uh despite doing loads of research i had no e-commerce experience i hadn't really thought oh so i'm gonna have to do ads i'm gonna have to do this so that was quite uh the launch was sort of anticlimactical 
because I launched and then realized I still had a whole heap of work to do. Um, I was going to ask you as well. So it's so amazing that you did all the website and all the copy and everything like that by yourself because that's so many different skill sets all tied up within doing those kind of things. How did you did you self teach? Like, how did you learn to do all those so, different things? I just did it. I think I just am a jack of all trades, but master of none. With the website, my friend is actually a coder, so I could like lean on him for uh, like really techie things. But I just knew I had to do it. And I just got on with it. I think, um, yeah, it's amazing what you can do and what you can learn when you feel free to do that. Yeah, that's so great. And I think as well, being able to empower yourself to believe that you can learn how to do something. Yeah, exactly. Especially when I'm not, I wasn't accountable. It's not like I had a boss. It was just me. I wasn't accountable to anyone else. So I think that was quite liberating to just do it for myself and be free in terms of like learning new stuff yeah, and like, right how do I solve all these problems and how do I imagine this working and how great as well like once you finish to know that you now have all these different skills in your toolkit because I think it's especially with things relating to websites and marketing it's so transferable and you're always going to fall back on it within exactly, your business exactly. journey and like now we're actually at a point where someone is going to build us a website but it's great because even having the conversation James hadn't built the website and lots of stuff is like what does that mean and I know because I've done it and same with um ads like I someone else we outsource them now which is amazing but I feel like I understand them vaguely from set like doing it myself originally you know it just gives you a good foundation mm. to talk to people and actually know what they're talking about rather than um being a bit like yeah don't know I think that's such a key trait of an entrepreneur because at the end of the day it's your business and even though you might not be an expert in that particular area you want to at least be able to follow along with the people that you've outsourced the work to just to know that they're doing a good job otherwise it's so hard to check their work when you don't quite know what you're looking for yourself and it was great to be able to do stuff myself to keep costs down. But now, yeah, we're at a point where we can afford to pay someone and it does really make a difference. Yeah, that's amazing. What did it feel like transition, tra- oh, sorry, transitioning from doing it yourself to actually thinking, okay, now's the time we need to start outsourcing? Because I can imagine yeah. that's quite a scary transition so to go through. It was kind of twofold. Scary to think, oh, fuck, we need to make enough money to pay this person. Like when I started, my overheads were so low. And if I look at them now, even in 18 months, they're like, you know, we've moved to a way bigger studio. We're just moving. We're just expanding our studio again. So I started like with 125 square feet, the tiniest studio ever. And we're now going to be up to 2000 square feet. We're like employing people and outsourcing is great because it liberates you. It's kind of like a snowball. You're like, oh, it's really tiny. It doesn't mean anything. And then suddenly you're like, oh, my God, what's this huge thing that's rolling down the hill that I've made? It feels like freeing, but it also feels scary to have created something that you've got to keep on feeding. Mm, I could imagine. It's so incredible, though, what great success you've made already. Even like you say in the last 18 months, that's so amazing. And I think a lot of people strive for that did you had you kind of planned that had you foreseen that or was it something that like you say almost just has snowballed and this is now where you're at with it I hadn't planned it and at points I was like I don't know if I can do this it's not going as well as I want it to 
but actually the best one of the best bits of advice I got for business is just keep going whatever happens just keep on going um and that's been so useful because you just keep you just keep on going when it's really challenging and when you don't like at points I was like oh I don't even think it's going to work but now I feel it's at a level where it will always to a point be a business you know but you've got enough so like enough customers enough subscribers enough press enough website traffic that it's up to a point you know it's like off the ground whereas there were points in the first kind of six months where I like is is it going to work will it be a business um yeah mm. sorry I don't really I feel like I'm answering that. your question how did you well. no you are definitely this is what I love though I think the best things come up when, we, when you just kind of have a conversation about these things and often when you're a certain point in your journey with your business you forget yeah, about all the totally. stuff that happened in the early days it's almost like you put in a storage box and you're like right I'm not delving back into that anytime <laughs> soon but it's great to have these conversations but what was it so for the first kind of six months say when things were just starting out and you were kind of doubting yourself and doubting the direction the business was heading and things how did you keep yourself motivated the thing that kept me going was really James and also my mum and dad are incredibly supportive and um yeah yeah without sounding like anti-feminist it's James but he's a huge like champion of women so yeah basically James no it's so great I think it's so important as well to have that support system around you especially if you are starting a business and a lot of self-doubt can often come up it is so important and so vital to have that support system so it's so great that you've got that in James yeah. and your parents as well um congratulations as well by the way on being stuck by Selfridges that is so incredible <laughs> I'd love if you could just talk us through that journey a little bit more and how yeah, that comes sure. to fruition so I they eight months into the business I got an email like you get so many emails um just to our submission box and it's like hi I work for Selfridges we love your brand can we talk about stocking you so I actually just thought it was a bit of a joke but was like replied anyway but was very cautious and then we sort of had to pitch in a kind of casual way um pitched to them had some chats with them explained to them about the business they really liked the sustainability aspect and that we were a small business and then yeah took us on board and that was it really um yeah it's the thing I get asked about a lot because people are like you're stuck at Selfridges but um yeah that's it but that's such a testament to the brand though, that they come knocking on your door because I think for a lot of people it can often be the other way around where they have a big brand like Selfridges as kind of like a target client yeah. of who they'd almost like love to be stocked by and then it can be quite an uphill battle trying to get your foot in the door but I love that they contacted you from the offset that's so amazing what was the pitching um, process like yeah, it wasn't like a kind of powerpoints at dawn pitching process <laughs> it was kind of just quite casual like <laughs> this is the range we could supply. This is who we are as a business. This is how we operate. A lot of it was around sustainability. And I guess also like a personality thing. I just think um, we got on quite well with them. And I know a lot of, I don't know exactly who pitched, but I know some like very big brands pitched as well. So yeah, I just think um, it was a bit luck and a bit just, I don't know. It, yeah it just sort of happened it wasn't like a big target for us um yeah it just happened I guess mm. 
I think the great thing is though, when you've built such a strong brand, all of the messaging that you're putting out via through your website and social media, you are almost becoming a magnet for these kind of brands and people to come to you because it's like you've already done the hard work through your branding and through your social media and your marketing and things. And it's just such a great testament to how well you're doing in those areas that you have got brands like self, which is wanting to work with you. Did you feel a lot of pressure? And cause I know sometimes when brands and, um, entrepreneurs get new stockists on board they feel quite a lot of pressure that they think there's going to be a massive influx of orders um and they're going to have to start carrying more stock and things did you yeah, is that something that you went through we with, freaked out so by that with, point james yeah. had joined the business and selfridges were predicting sales which actually in reality were quite a long way off and we were thinking we need to like double our workforce we don't know how we are going to manage this you know it's kind of like right we've got it fuck how are we going to do it but the reality is Selfridges sales I probably shouldn't say this but are like currently not a very big proportion of our income so it like ticks along but um Mm. it's not as significant as our own sales it is growing but um yeah so the kind of the planning versus the reality the like what they predicted and what we expected was um different to what happened i think also because a lot of people didn't know selfridges did plants because we were one of the first plant brands they launched Mm. that's great though that it's obviously been able to almost grow alongside your business rather than it being something that overcome sort of like overshadows your existing business because that could be a really stressful situation i would imagine um to have to grow in such a short space of time yeah that is great, though. I thank you so much for sharing that journey. I think that'll be really insightful to people, especially anyone that is wanting to work with a big name like Selfridges. Um, so thank you so much for sharing that. What do you find? I know you've kind of mentioned ads and stuff um, throughout the interview, but what do you find are the best techniques um, for marketing your the business? The number one best technique is word of mouth, which seems like silly, but we get so many customers who are friends of customers and we have a referral scheme that really brings in a lot of new customers. Um, obviously you can't generate word of mouth without having original customers, but that is the best um, thing. And also mailing emails. Um, we didn't really think this, but um, if you set, we send out like a monthly mailing list email and we have such a huge spike in sales on the hour that goes out that's a really good one. And then just the standard kind of Facebook and Google ads as well. Do you know what, it really made me small when you said word of mouth, only because I would say 80% of the women I've interviewed <laughs> have all said the same. And honestly, and it's so funny because I obviously work in marketing myself and it's just really funny because I think there's so much pressure especially within marketing to have to have good social media presence to be running ads to be running like a ton of email campaigns and actually the common thread with all of these different businesses and everyone's in completely different industries as well so it's not kind of like it's industry specific everyone has said that word of mouth is their best form of marketing which yeah, i think is so really great like and so incredible tech, but um it does yeah it makes that is the number one thing i get so many messages like my friends told me about you um but it's getting to the point where you've got enough people who are telling enough people 
Mm. it's almost like the ripple effect isn't it where you drop a pebble and the ripples start going out and they you know it grows and grows and grows um has that sort of resulted in quite an organic growth define organic i mean do you you find this kind of allowed the business to grow steadily as opposed to kind of out of nowhere almost like you know tripling overnight kind of thing like that um for example on in the run up to Christmas, we were in the Guardian in a like top ten last minute gifts. This kind of feeds into your marketing question, and we got five times sales that day, and they're all subscriptions. So that's like, yeah, we've had points where we're like we can't physically keep up because it's just grown so fast overnight. But then also it's kind of trickled along nicely. As you know, it's like a steady um incline but also there are quite big spikes within that and I think we're very much at capacity now where we just we need to grow Mm. how do you deal Um, with those swear a lot really no um (laughs) we uh probably just work even harder think god we need to employ someone at the moment it's quite stressful just because we really are at like a bottleneck where we need to employ more people and we need more space because everything's growing so fast so yeah at the moment we kind of just battle through them mm. that's such a testament to your guys work ethic though that you know you can knuckle down and get on with yeah, it it, it is really overwhelming, so overwhelming. Think, god all these people know about my tiny little business like yeah it does sometimes feel a bit overwhelming Mm, I can imagine. How did you get your feature in, um, in the Guardian? We use a DIY PR agency and a um, virtual assistant does that for us. So it's like a female-run DIY kind of PR thing. So they give you all the contacts and then you do your PR yourself. But we had, didn't have time to do it ourselves, so we use this great um, virtual assistant company who just do a, it for us like an hour or two a week. And they got in contact ages ago with The Guardian and The Guardian got uh, back in contact with them and said, oh, we're going to use you for this other thing. And then that was the kind of last minute gift guide. So, yeah, it's just, yeah, it's really good. And as much as possible, we try and, without sounding sexist, employ women or like female founded companies, just because I think it's important. Mm, definitely no I couldn't agree more that's amazing though what a great idea how would you heard of the um, oh, DIY so PR they company? are based um so the business is based in Peckham and I was looking at a space at some studios in Peckham and they also had a studio there so I just yeah just fortuitously so saw cool. them I'll be sure to link them as well in the show notes, just yeah, in case anyone's sure. of in, if in case it's of interest for anyone. Because um, I know PR is something that could be quite daunting as an entrepreneur to crack into, just because you feel like it's all about networking and having these contacts that can feel yeah, quite elusive def- to get hold really of. Good. So, really um, and I'd recommend the virtual assistant as well because yeah, that's a great one. they actually do a female founders discount that's reflective of the gender pay gap, and they're just great. You know, they just message like so-and-so wants to feature you it's just great you you know we can just forget about it and they're getting on with it it's great 
Well, that's amazing. I'll be sure to link them as well, because I think that'll be a massive help to a lot of women listening. Um, so thanks so much for sharing that. What um, would you say have been, I know I've kind of touched across a few of them throughout the interview, but what would you say have been your biggest challenges so think, far on the journey? Um, just dealing with self-doubt, I think, and then currently a work-life balance. So originally, yeah, self-doubt and like self-belief thinking, I can't do this. Um, I shouldn't be doing this. And then, yeah, now it's kind of at a point where it's so busy that um, we have no work-life balance at the moment. We're just working seven days a week, like 12 hours most days. And that's, it's hard to keep going at the moment. Mm. I know we kind of spoke about it before we started recording, but you're at a point now, aren't you, where you're yeah. looking to hire and expand the team to help kind of alleviate and relieve yourselves a little bit so that you can find a bit more yeah, of a stable sure, work life balance. I always kind of define it as we're working so hard in the business. We don't we don't have time to work on the business and kind of think strategically and grow stuff. We're just kind of clearing each day um what needs to happen that day we don't have time for like that kind of high level brain thinking so yeah it's pretty scary to be an employer but um we yeah we're gonna hire a couple more people actually this week we like oh that's so exciting that's such a pivotal moment I think as well in a business yeah yeah exactly you then become an employer who's kind of freelance which is perfect but we need that kind of permanent couple of people just to keep us going Hmm. had you done much forecasting for this or is this something that's just come uh, no, up due to business we need? i basically don't do any forecasting but that's going to change but as soon as mm. i have time that's going to change in the beginning there was no mm. need to forecast really and now there's no time to forecast but that is on the list of um things to do once we've employed people to be more strategic I know it probably feels like you're in the thick of it at the moment but you really must congratulate yourselves on like how well you've done that you've already got to this point in a relatively short space of time that you are now in a position that you can employ people and that your business has taken off to the point that it's seen so much success that you've already grown to this stage because for some businesses honestly it can take like 10 years um so that's just so incredible and I think I know it's probably hard at the moment when you're in the thick of like feeling like you've got no life outside of work but that oh, really thanks. is such yeah, a I great mean, achievement really- mm, I love that it's so important it kind of like links back as well to what we were sort of speaking about previously but I absolutely love that how did you go about selecting your careers because I know that's often quite a big challenge when you're yeah, running an e-commerce so business to be able to work out which is going to be the best career to use and to be honest the kind of nail in the coffin for them was when when I started, I didn't know how many parcels I'd ship a day. And so it's really hard to get a good rate with any courier um, because they'll come and collect from you. And if you're shipping 100 parcels a day, you can, you know, get it for a fiver. But if you're just shipping one, it could be like 20 pounds per parcel. So I went with this company that did the best rate for no parcels as a start. Um, but they were just a bit of a nightmare. They were a franchise. So they were quite disparate in terms of like you'd call one depot and it'd be completely different to another lots of parcels went missing um and then I just switched to a well-known courier who 
aren't perfect, but I'd say they're the best of the worst. Um, you don't get any, like if a pot smashes or a plant gets damaged, you cannot claim that back at all. It's not covered by any couriers. Hard is kind of take the hit if a parcel's been thrown around by them. We then have to pay to send another one and replace the item, but that's just kind of part and parcel of dealing in fragile items. Mm. Yeah, I can imagine that is really difficult to overcome just because he, he's so hot with the car. I always love asking this question just because it's quite fun, but where do you see your business in five years' um, time? What would you say are your goals for the answer. future? Guess continuing at this rate of growth, like it's really hard to imagine when you're so in it. Um, my goals for the future is a bit easier to answer. I just want to have a better work life balance and a comfortable life. I just want to be able to kind of, James and I both comfortably live off the business and not be working the crazy hours we're working now. That's, yeah, that's all I want, I think. Mm. And for the future, I don't know. I feel like um, setting like an in, like a plan or a goal doesn't seem realistic for me and maybe feels a bit limited limiting like in terms of financial planning and stuff it's useful but to say we want to be this by this time that's not really how I've operated and I think I'm a want to remain open to everything and don't want to close myself off by saying this is the plan yeah I love that though I think do you know what I think with goal setting it just really depends on the type of person totally, that you are totally. I think some people operate solely off their goals it's almost what drives them but then for other people the goals can actually feel quite limited and you almost feel like you're missing out by sort of yeah, narrowing exactly. your goal and your I focus to be too small it wouldn't be useful for me to set a goal now no I'm completely with you on that one I have to say um I thought we'd just finish off the interview with a question that I ask all of my guests that come on the show so firstly what advice would you give to all of the women out there who are wanting to start their own businesses but just so a little bit it. nervous like, and the scared only thing to get started you is you and it's so nice to be able to say to the people who doubted you like oh it's going this well and we're doing this um I know that sounds really awful but just don't listen to any doubters like and you're never gonna if you don't do it you're never gonna do it but if you try and do it you might do it so yeah and just keep going that is the best advice when mm. it feels like it's not working just keep on going and you'll make it happen by putting energy and time into it um thank you so much Saskia for taking the time to speak with me today um I appreciate it so much and thank you for being so open and honest with your journey and sharing everything you've learned along the way because I think it will be so valuable to everyone listening I will share all of your handles in the show notes but if you did want to follow Canopy Plants over on Instagram the handle is at Canopy Plants so I will pop that all in the show no notes. problem thanks thank so you much. so much Saskia um, I really appreciate fun. it Thank you so much for listening. If you enjoyed today's episode and want to keep up to date with the latest Who and What She Wants podcast episodes, then please follow our Instagram page, which is at the handle at Who and What She Wants podcast, or hit the subscribe button now. We hope to see you again soon.